0: John chapter 17, I'm not on, I thought I turned it on, must have turned it off, am I on now? Oh, okay, get it out, that's yeah, totally off, now I'm on. Are we good? Okay, alright, super. John chapter 17 is where we're going to be tonight. This is a, this is a real special chapter in the Bible this is a chapter where we're allowed to privately listen in as the Lord Jesus Christ prays to His Father before He goes to the cross. And you know, you have heard, I'm sure, uh, you've heard uh, that uh, the Lord's prayer is supposedly our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's really not the Lord's prayer. That's really the disciples prayer, it was a it was a model prayer that the Lord Jesus gave to the disciples. The Lord's Prayer is really this one in chapter 17. And uh, one of the things that, and this is what we're going to spend our time on the, this, this evening, is that uh, the, one of the things that Jesus really spends a lot of time on is uh, talking to the Father about the relationship that his disciples and future believers will have and must have and need to have uh, with the world. So let's all stand, if you would, please, and we'll read the first six verses and get right into the message here tonight. John chapter 17, verse 1 says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, Glorify glorify thy Son that thy Son also may glorify thee with the the glory which i had with thee before the world was let's bow our heads for prayer father i am so thankful that i serve a god who cares for for me cares for all that particularly that are saved that love the world so much that he gave his only begotten son lord i'm thankful that you did that that you sacrificed the lord jesus christ for our sins without that sacrifice. We would have no sacrifice for sin, we would have no forgiveness of sins, and we would be doomed forever to to an eternity in hell. I'm so thankful I'm saved. It's good to be saved tonight. And Lord, as we take a look uh, at your word and we look at this, this chapter in the New Testament, we ask God that you would open our eyes of understanding, help us to be able to see the kind of relationship that the Lord Jesus said that, that uh, we are to have with the world. And we ask God that you speak to our hearts tonight and uh, encourage us where we need encouragement and uh, give us uh, re- rebuke where we need the rebuke. We ask, Father, that, that throughout the, the, this message t- tonight that by your Holy Spirit that you would exhort us to live A life that would be pleasing and honoring to you for it's in jesus name that we pray and all god's people said amen you may be seated jesus was praying uh for his disciples because he was he was soon to leave and this is just before he was taken in the garden and then eventually taken to the cross to die for our sins he was about to leave he was going to die he was going to rise again the third day he was going to be on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights and then he was going to ascend into heaven and he was going to leave the earth and leave his disciples and he was praying specifically for those for those men that he was going to leave behind and what, what this prayer really reveals is that it reveals what the heart of Jesus was and where his, where his concern was, particularly concerning the disciples and their relationship with the world. Uh, the, the, the world and his disciples were very different, just as we are supposed to be very different from the world as Christians today. And we ought, we ought to be different in, in, really in every area. We ought to be different in our dress. we ought to be different in our talk. Our values are, are not the same uh, as the worlds are. Uh, our thinking is different. Um, you know, the, it, it just seems the, the, the closer we get to the Lord coming back, the, the thinking today is just getting less and less rational. And more and more irrational and one of the things that that the Bible will do is straighten out your thoughts it'll straighten out your thinking Uh, it'll get you thinking straight and uh, there's a real difference there there's uh, a real difference in uh, how we view the world and how the world views us we view the world with compassion because we know that the world needs Jesus Christ as Savior honestly the world looks at, as, as far as the system goes, and in general looks at Christians and says they're the problem, they're the enemy, so to speak. We're not the enemy at all. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to be a friend because we've got the answer to to eternal life by by witnessing to them and telling them about Jesus Christ, and 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 the the other two areas that are always that ought to really stick out and be different are. one out. put on this one okay are we set okay good um the uh uh seven churches of asia the very the 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 last church that he that he addresses is the church at laodicea and uh the church at laodicea was a mess in fact laodicea means people's rights and and that that particular church i believe that if you look at the churches in, in uh, chapters 2 and 3, beginning, from beginning to end, it chronicles overall church history. And so what that means is that we are living in that age today. We are living in that Laodicea age. And the problem with Laodicea was, as they said that, you know, the, the Lord said to the, that church, he says, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either hot or cold. But you're lukewarm. What lukewarm is is somewhere in between. That's that's a that person, that's a Christian that's trying to put one foot in the Bible and one foot in the world and trying to walk like that. And and the, the the problem with that, and the Bible says that that the Lord said, I spew you out of my mouth. In other words, that kind of Christian makes God sick. And and the reason why is, is that there is no significant difference. Uh, The the differences uh, and the distinguishing marks between a Christian and the world are blurred when someone is in that that particular state, is lukewarm. So Jesus is addressing the the relationship that that individual Christians have and are to have with the world. And he, he uses, in order to describe it, he uses several... Prepositions, and we're going to take a look at, at, at those descriptions tonight. Look with me in verse, verse uh, 6. This is the first, first thing that, that he says about a person who has trusted Christ as Savior. He says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou hast given me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. He describes a person who has not yet trusted Christ as Savior as someone who is of the world. And that speaks of our past condition before we got saved, and it speaks of our condemnation. And that was our position before we trusted Christ as Savior. We were not only in the world physically, but we're also of the world when we got saved. Notice what it says in verse 6. It says, and thou gavest them me. In other words, they were in the world, but you gave it, gave them to me out of the world. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me. Keep your finger here, but go back to John 3. John 3. And look at me in verses 18 through 21. Now, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's just, just said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look down in verses 18 down through 21. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. "...because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God." And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. "...for everyone that doeth evil hateth the, the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God." It says, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. That was your state before you trusted Christ as Savior. That's the state of every person that, that has not yet believed on him. It's not something, it, you know, it's not condemnation. It's not not about to come on them at death. It is already there. And when, when a person trusts Christ as Savior, God takes us out of that position of condemnation. And by the way, if, if, if uh, anyone who has not trusted Christ is condemned already, that means that they're lost. Don't expect lost people to act like saved people. You know, sometimes I think we do. Sometimes I think we've, we put expectations on folks and, uh, you know, think that, you know, we get surprised when we see uh, how twisted and how evil someone someone might end up being. That really shouldn't surprise you at all because they're condemned already. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And, and I, I'm not saying that with a pointed finger because that was me before I got saved. That was you before you got saved. And you need to understand that uh, a person that is of the world is, is under condemnation. Then also in that, in that same, in that same uh, verse, he says that, he, that uh, the Father took them out of the world, took them out of the world, and that refers to salvation, it refers to the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And when, when Christ saves you, your position in this world drastically changes. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. In Colossians 1, <coughs> look with me down to verses 12 through 14. Colossians 1, verse 12, I love these verses. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So When you got saved, you got moved You got shifted. You went from one kingdom to another kingdom. You went from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son because God took you out of the world. Uh, Back up a little bit. Go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2. It's good for us to be reminded of these things, even if you've been saved for a long time. Because... uh, Without Jesus Christ right now, you would be a mess. <laughs> Without Jesus Christ right now, I would be a mess. I mean, I got saved, uh, what was it, 52, 52 years ago and trusted Christ. I can imagine, I, I can't, I actually I can't imagine uh, what kind of, what kind of mess I would be in continuing to love darkness rather than light uh, in, in, in a lost state, might not even be alive today a good possibility that that would would be the case. And uh, uh, in in, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse four through seven, it says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. What kind of expectations do you put on a dead person? (laughs) None. Absolutely zero. Well, that's the way you and I were before we got saved. And Every lost person that we, that we come across is in that state. They're in a state of spiritual deadness. They're spiritually dead. And it says uh, uh, in, in verse 5, it says, Even when we were dead in the sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places In Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus so uh, spiritually speaking what God has done when you got saved is that he took you from being a dead person to making you alive in Jesus Christ he took you and placed you positionally in heaven and the reason why that is, because the Bible says over in Romans chapter 6 that when we when we trust Christ as Savior, we are baptized into Jesus Christ. Now that's not talking about water baptism. That's talking about the baptism is spoken of over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, where it says, by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free. When you got saved, you are placed into Christ and were in tonight you're just as good as in heaven i mean really what that is that that whole doctrine right there in ephesians 2 that's eternal security if you're placed in christ uh it would have to take an operation to pull you out of it uh and, and that's not going to happen uh you are eternally secure in jesus christ uh, when you get saved one of the things you discover is that you're different um you know, I, I, I it, it wasn't, it, it was within the ne- next 24 hours after I got saved, um, I, I found out that uh, uh, my eyes had been opened and that uh, all of a sudden I was getting excited about things that I never got excited about before. And uh, the thing, the other thing that I realized is then not everybody else was excited about me getting saved as I was excited about me getting saved. And uh, I tried to witness to friends and tried to witness to relatives and so forth. And, of course, didn't, didn't do a very good job as a new babe in Christ. Uh, just had recently gotten, gotten saved and believed on him. But, but one of the things you see when th- those kind of things start happening is that, that you're different from the rest of the world and different from the way that you used to be. be- before salvation, the world is familiar and Christ is strange. After salvation, Christ is familiar, and the world is strange. Then uh, another phrase that he uses to describe our relationship with the world. Look in, and back in chapter 17, look in verses 11 through 15. Beginning in verse 11, it says, Now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Of course, there he's referring to Judas Iscariot. In verse 13, he says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Now, in in that passage, he uses the the term in the world, and, and he's saying that the disciples are in the world he's talking about physically in the world and what he's what he's speaking there and referring uh, to there is their integration we aren't of it but we are in it uh we aren't a part of it but we are in the world so that we can be a witness and a testimony for jesus christ uh illustration that i use all the time is that when you have a a boat, a boat is to- totally useless until you put it in the water, because that's where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in the water. However, it's not supposed to be of the water, because <laughs> if it becomes of the water, that means you got a leak in your boat, and the boat and the boat is 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 getting the 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 water in it. Well, we're like that. We're in the world, but we're not. supposed to be of the world. And when the world starts getting in us, then we can no longer fulfill our purpose, just like a boat cannot fulfill its purpose when the water gets in it. But we need to be careful. We need to, as Christians, God has called us and caused us to be in the world so that we can be a light, so that we can be salt, so that we can be a testimony for Jesus Christ, and one of the one of the things that we need to be cautious of as Christians is an isolationist kind of mentality. Um, for instance, have you ever you ever said said this? You ever said, "Boy, you know they just hired uh, two two new people at work, and praise the Lord, they're saved people." Man, what a blessing! Okay, well, that may be a blessing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to really downplay that too much, but when was the last time you heard somebody say, you know what, they, they, they just hired two new people at work, and bless God, they're not saved. And I get a chance to witness to them. I get a chance to give them the gospel. That ought to be our attitude, because that's why we're here. We're not here to close the doors and have us four and no more. We're here to give out, God has left us here so we can be a witness and we can be a testimony of the gospel of Christ. I, this, is, this is something that, that I notice oftentimes. Christian parents really fail when it comes to teaching their children how to be in the world but not of the world. Uh, what, what we often do is as parents is, is uh, uh, try to protect our kids now you should protect your kids but you should uh, should protect them and we'll look at this in just a minute uh, you should protect them from the evils of the world but you should teach them how to get in there and how to how to handle that evil when it comes you ought to, to teach them uh, how to be in the world and not of the world and and, and not becoming a part of the world and being able to handle situations that are thrown them in the world is one of the things that we really spent a lot of time with our kids on. Uh, we've got, I think, uh, four out of three, no, three, three out of four of our children worked at uh, worked at Burger King here in town. And uh, that was an eye-opener for, for, for our kids. Um, you say, boy, didn't they come across some things that they had never come across before? You bet they did. <laughs> they came across a lot of things working at Burger King. And you know what was interesting? This is just kind of a sidebar. But uh, uh, Burger King here in town is owned by a corporation called Carol's. Corporate. It's a huge corporation that owns, it. Uh, I found out it owns uh, restaurants not only in New York State, but in other states as well. And uh, the very... First uh, job that I ever had outside of being a paper boy was uh, was working. It wasn't for very long, but it was working at at uh, at Carol's Restaurant in in Rochester. We used to have a Carol's back years and years ago, back before the flood and the war, you know. But uh, but. But we, uh, uh, but that's where I worked, and that was owned by Carroll's Corporation. So I found out, I, in fact, I saw that when one of the kids showed me one of their checks, and it said Carroll's Corporation. I said, man, that's the same company that I worked for in my first job. But they, they learned some things, and they, they came across some situations. And they would come home, and they would talk, discuss it. And 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 again, you know, one of the most, particularly when they're in the teenage years, and you've got to develop it before that, or you're not going to have it in the teen years. But uh, you really need to keep a wide open communication with your kids. Your kids ought to feel free to come and talk to you, and you ought to feel free to go and talk to your kids about anything. And they did, and they said, when you, you know, what do you do with this, and what do you do with that? And, and uh, we had, I had this situation, and it was oftentimes, they would say, you know, I, I had somebody say this, and I told, I told them that. And it was exciting to see uh, our kids develop and learn how to be in the world without being of the world. God wants us to be, to be distinct and then, then uh, another, another phrase that you find down in, in uh, chapter 17, verses 14, down through 16. It says, I, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Uh, this speaks of, th- this, this keeping them from the evil speaks of our separation. We ought to be distinctly different from the world. We're in the world, we're not of the world, and we should stay away from the evil of the world. Um, Christ knew that when he left that there would be a real pull by the world to his disciples to come back into it, just like there was a real pull for Israel to want to go back and desire the things of Egypt. And uh, in fact, in one of Paul's epistles, you find that there there was a man that he worked with that was a fellow laborer, and his name was Demas. And one of the the saddest verses, I think, in Scripture is is the verse that says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now the indication is that Demas was a saved man and uh, and and he was saved and and was serving the Lord, but he fell in love with the things of the world. He did not stay away from and keep separate from the evil. And one of the things that we need to need to uh, be careful of is is integrating, in such a way that we, we start integrating some of the philosophies and some of the thinking of the world, um, and, and we need to be careful. We need to be so careful. Um, I, I believe David Cloud here a couple of weeks ago addressed this, uh, this issue when he was talking about uh, various conservative organizations, and I, you know I'm thankful in our country for those that, that take a conservative stand. But can I tell you something? Most conservatives today are not necessarily saved. In fact, in many, many cases, they're not saved. Uh, understand, if they're not saved, they're not only in the world, they're of the world. Now, does that mean you discount everything they say? no but you need to be careful there is a spirit that goes with that there is a uh, you know there there are, are are evils that you can fall into if you just open the door to that thing and uh, and just be careful of lost people who are Conservative, just because they're conservative, doesn't necessarily change. Uh, in fact, it doesn't change their spiritual condition until they trust Jesus Christ as savior. Uh, you know, when when uh, Paul said, uh, "Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world." Demas, uh, the indication is, is Demas was saved, but he became worldly. Okay, whether it's a, a person who's lost, they're automatically worldly, or a person who's saved and into the world. There is a spirit there. there and be careful of, of lost people who are, you know, straight and conservative. Uh, just be careful of of what you buy into. Uh, be careful of of uh, uh, what you find yourself agreeing with. Uh, <clears throat> there is a there's a particular there's a particular person that has become a real entity uh, on the you know in, in the media, and uh, uh, he he is particularly into finances. Now he's a save man. Uh, but from what I understand, he's a saved man who's part of an emerging church. Well, if you're saved and you're part of an emerging church, you're in the world and you've kind of put your affections in the world too. And to think that that isn't going to slap over into your, your teaching and your instruction, uh, you're, you're sadly mistaken. Be careful of a worldly spirit. When he says... When he says, keep them from the evil, it doesn't just mean, you know, the stuff that is obvious and out there and in your face. It also is talking about uh, those, those, those things that uh, aren't maybe quite as obvious, but they're still not right. Um, you know, I've, I, I, I've, I've seen this. I've seen, I've seen saved people who take a right stand. I watched this during COVID. Uh, Take a right stand uh, on a particular issue, but do so with a wrong spirit. You know what that wrong spirit is? That's evil. That's wrong. You don't want to partake in that. And and the Lord Jesus uh, asked the Father to keep them from the evil. They were in the world. They were not of the world. And God said, and the Lord Jesus said, please keep them from the evil of the world. And, and honestly, that's a, that's a difficult balance to, to, to maintain, but we need to be working on it on a regular basis. Uh, how's that accomplished? Well, look down at verse 17. How do you, how are you in the world, not of the world, and, and kept from the evil? Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, Thy word is truth. It's not, it's not isolation that we need as Christians. It's insulation, insulation. We need to get into the word of God and let the word of God get into us. In Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, he says, uh, Apostle Paul said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, to this world. In other words, be kept from the evil. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How does your mind get renewed? Get in the book, get in the book. I mean, the truth of the matter is you are, you and I are bombarded daily with worldly thoughts, with worldly philosophies, you go down the road, you take a look at a billboard, you open up a newspaper, you turn on television, you turn on the radio. Even if even if the the position and stand that they are stating is the correct position, if they're lost, there's a good possibility they're going to be doing it with a wrong spirit. You need to be protected from that. And the way you you, you get that protection is by spending time in the book and immersing ourselves in Scripture. And then the, the, last, the last thing that he describes, uh, way that he describes our relationship with the world, is found in verse 18. Chapter 17, verse 18. Jesus said, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world so the lord tells us that uh, we are in the world but we're not of the world we should be kept from the evil but we are to go into the world that's the commission that we have that's the proclamation that we're supposed to be making telling the world about jesus christ and you know the 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 old old standard saying oh always holds true if you don't tell them who will if I don't tell them who will. And if we don't tell them, then why are we still here? We're not, we're not here just to endure to the end so that we can be, you know, so that we can make it. Uh, we 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 are here so that we can go into the world and tell the people tell people about Jesus Christ. To, uh, turn, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And that's the reason why when, when the Lord Jesus, when the Lord Jesus was getting ready to leave this earth, and he got his disciples and rounded them up and talked to them, these are some of the last words that he gave to them. Look down in verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, we are, we are to, to constantly be giving out the message of Jesus Christ. And the reason why we're left here is so that we can go into the world. Uh, in order to fulfill our purpose uh for for god leaving us here we need to be telling other people about jesus christ now um can those of the world those that are lost by by looking at you by observing you by spending time with you can they tell that you are different from the world can they tell that you are different from them um, you know, uh, do they see a difference in, your, in the way you dress and the difference in the way you talk and difference at the things that you laugh at, uh, a difference in your values, a difference in your thinking, uh, a difference in your reactions and a difference in your attitudes? And then are you fulfilling your mission? I mean, we're, we're here. We're in the world. You're saved. You were taken out of the world. But you're left in the world. And, but you're not of the world, but you're to be kept from the evil and you're to go into the world so that we can tell other people about Jesus Christ. Those, those last three things in particular are things that we need to, to focus on in our Christian life. We need to focus on our integration. Uh, when Brother King was with us, not this last time, I think it was the time before, or maybe it was uh, two years ago, I can't remember which, We preached a message about, uh, and many of you remember it, uh, called the the, the salt must touch the meat. Uh, What is that? That's integration. The salt's got to touch the meat. Yes, the salt's a preservative, and yes, the salt is savor for the meat, but it doesn't do any good if it doesn't touch it, and that's integration. And then separation doesn't do any good if you're no different. We need to be different from the world, and we have to be on guard continually, because the world is continually bombarding us and wanting us to be like Demas. If they can, if the world can start to get our heart, then the same thing that was said of D- Demas could be said of anybody in here. Fill in the blank: You have uh, forsaken. Uh, the things of God, because you love this present world. It's easy to fall into that. And then the last thing, of course, is proclamation. We need to tell the world about Jesus Christ. Our our relationship with the world is is important, and that's the reason why the last prayer that, that is recorded that Jesus gave when it came to, before he went to the cross, was he prayed for his disciples and their relationship to the world. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray your blessings upon the things that we've heard this evening and the reminder that we've gotten that, yes, we used to be of the world and we were taken out of the world. But even though we were taken out of it, as far as spiritually speaking, we're still physically in it. But we're not supposed to be a part of it. We're supposed to be separate from it. And, uh, Lord, we're supposed to be, be keeping ourselves from its evil. Uh, Lord, uh, our desire tonight is to be effective. You know, we, 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 want to, we, want to, we want to be able to reach people for Jesus Christ during our VBS. We want to be able to reach uh, some, some folks through our door-to-door campaign this year with passing out literature. Uh, we want to, to, to reach people on a day-by-day basis. When, when you put us in contact with folks, whether it be at work or whether it be in the store or whether it be in our neighborhood or wherever it might be, uh, Lord, uh, it's not going to happen if they don't see a difference. They need to look at us, and they need to see that we're different from the world. Now, that, that may not go well with them. In fact, the Bible makes it real clear that the, the, the world and saved people are and the, the world's at enmity with with the, the saved, with people that have trusted Christ as Savior, uh, and and uh, uh, those that are a friend of the world is at enmity with you. So so obviously the world is is an exact opposite of of where you are and what you stand for, and if if. They, if they, they hate you, they're going to also hate us. But God, we, we need to love them. And our, our response needs to be that we want to stay separate from the world, and we want to be in the world and be a, uh, a proclaimer in that world so that we can tell people about Jesus Christ and they can see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Father, uh, work in our hearts tonight. Help us to see whether or not we are uh, having a, a, a right dividing line there that where people can see the difference between us and where the rest of the world is and that they might see Jesus Christ in us. Uh, Lord, please bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts, and as you do so, may we respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand.